Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica and I will be your host as we share our thoughts on the series finale of Ted Lasso. If you haven't caught up on the series, save this episode for later and come back because there will be spoilers. If this is your first time tuning into the Temple of Geek Podcast, welcome. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by various geeks from the Temple of Geek team. Here we cover all manner of geek, pop culture, news, and events. To our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. With me today is one of our regular hosts, Maria, and joining us for the first time is Hope. Welcome to the podcast. Can you both briefly introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you? Like you know, my name is Maria Akhtar, and I go by Maria Watches Everything on TikTok. That's mostly where you'll find my content. I'm also on Instagram and YouTube. And I love overanalyzing and deep diving on television way too much. Recently, I've gotten very into Ted Lasso and started doing video essays about every episode because every time I watch an episode, I just have to literally talk about every scene because I just have so many feelings and thoughts. But I try to keep up with everything. I also am in the fandoms. I love Marvel, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and I sometimes do movie analysis. Um, I'm also getting into reality television, which is like a new door for me, which I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but like... Vanderbump Rules is unfortunately ruling my life right now, so. (laughs) Getting very literal with the Vanderpump Rules bit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm Hope. You can find me on all my socials at Hope Sloop Entertainment or on Instagram at Hope Sloop and I think Twitter at Hope Sloop too. So more Hope Sloop than Hope Sloop Entertainment. TikTok is Hope Sloop Entertainment and I am a TV reviewer and content creator. So I talk about shows like Ted Lasso. I've been doing a slew of summer TV show reviews coming up. Just dropped one for The Crowded Room starring Tom Holland and Amanda Seyfried and so many new things coming up. I've got a review of the summer I turned pretty coming up soon. So I just am the TV girl. I like talking about TV shows, but like Maria, I'm also part of the fandoms. Definitely a Marvel girly. Dropped a Spider-Verse review yesterday too. So so I'm not just a one-trick pony. And while I'm mostly TV shows, I do talk about some movies as well. So very happy to be here for my first time and ready to talk about Ted Lasso. I am so excited to have both of you here. For those of you that don't know, my name is Monica. I'm the editor-in-chief at Temple of Geek. I'm also the Latinx correspondent for that hashtag show. Yeah, so let's talk some Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is the winner of 11 Emmys, including back-to-back outstanding comedy series in both both 2021 and 2022. The show follows Ted Lasso, an American football coach who is hired to coach an English soccer team with the secret intention that his inexperience will lead it to failure. The first thing that I want to talk about is what was it about the show Ted Lasso that drew you in? That's a really good question. Um, I feel like I just started watching it because of the hype almost because I think season one came out it won a lot of Emmys, and then season two, it was on season two when I started watching it, and then I binged it in like three days. It was so good. So it's just, uh, the hype did get to me, and I was very happy that it lived up to the hype. I'm also a sucker for feel-good shows, and like, we've talked, I've always brought up like The Good Place in the Past, and like, I was like needing like a Parks and Rec, Good Place type show, and Tell Us really filled that void really well, so... It was a hype and then the feel-good camaraderie of the characters. I think for me it was a culmination of things, one being that I'm absolutely in love with Jason Sudeikis. Um, Jason, if you see this, call me. I'm single right now. But I also, I had come off of just watching, I'm obs- I was obsessed with 
uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B. And one of their head writers, Ashley Nicole Black, she had been promoting this show she was working on. And it was, God, five years ago at this point. And I remember thinking like, oh, this sounds interesting. Jason Sudeikis, what's he doing? And then one of the writers and people from the show Girl Code on MTV, if you guys remember that show, mm -hmm. Jamie Lee, she came on board. And I think I was just fascinated because I... The, the concept itself sounded so interesting. So I'm an original, like, first episode when it came out, I was one of the first watching it. And then, thankfully, that kind of started my the, the ball rolling on my TV clout, we shall say, because I started <laughs> telling people about that and got all my family on board, got all of my friends on board, got a certain number of people on Instagram and things that I would just tell, like, you guys need to be watching this show. So I really do think it was kind of just this this culmination of things though, like between Jason Sudeikis and the concept and these writers that I know had these incredible backgrounds. So I was drawn in. I, and my question to you is what was it that drew you in? Like, was it, it's like the comedy, was it mm -hmm. like its message? Was it its story? What was it that really like made you say, I'm going to keep watching this show? Okay. Yeah. So I totally just gave you the answer on why I started, <laughs> but I think what kept me was it felt so heartwarming, but in the most genuine way that they weren't, it wasn't like they were just trying to make you want to cry a little bit, but also laugh. I think it felt right to them. Like something, they landed on this note between the very genuine and very like over the top. And for me, I remember describing it as, it's like a show that if you made jokes for elementary school kids, but gave it this adult concept in this adult setting. And it made sense. Like I remember telling people, you're going to laugh at the jokes, not because they're great jokes. They're so dumb, but they're given with such genuine love and emotion that you will absolutely want to come back for another episode, another 10 episodes. And I mean, three seasons now down the road, I kept coming back. So I really do think it was that, that genuine emotion, that, that genuine heartfelt comedy. I really agree with that for sure. I think that was a lot of it for me too. For me, I think one of the things was that really drew me to show was that it was one of the few shows that I was finding on TV that was like a good palate cleanser for me when it came to like some of the other like hard hitting shows, you know, shows on HBO or Netflix sometimes are really intense and like really, you know, they pull at your heartstrings. They're very emotional. Some of them are very dark. I was watching a lot of Game of Thrones and, you know, recently The Last of Us and things that were just every episode were heavy and I needed something really lighthearted. I had just finished Acapulco on Apple TV and I needed something that was just as light and airy and happy as Acapulco. I, I needed something that wrapped up at the end of every episode, like a sitcom, right? That wasn't like these huge story arcs, something that I could just watch. And Ted Lasso gave me a little bit of that. Like it gave me something that just wasn't so intense and I could just enjoy. And I didn't have to worry about like, are they going to kill my favorite character? I So just to quickly add on to that, even the comedies now these days are at the point where we're like, is this really like, I don't know if you guys watch Barry. 
Yeah, it's right. really a comedy. Yeah. Or even The Bear. I watched that last mm-hmm. year and I was like, I just feel a pit of anxiety. Like, I don't know how this is supposed I mean, it's funny, but also I was shaking during that one episode where it was just a continuous shot. They didn't take any breaks. That's not funny to me. That made me want to cry. <laughs> so, I literally started The Bear this week and I'm like, isn't this supposed to be a comedy? Right. I don't understand. <laughs> so having Ted Lasso there to just kind of decompress, it really... It really does feel like that. And don't get me wrong, they've tackled some very difficult topics, but it's always been through the lens of we're getting through this one way or another, whether it's deep breaths now or whether it's going to talk to a therapist. Like there's always been some sort of solution that it's it's a temporary problem. Let's fix it together. And I love that message. Absolutely. And going on to that, was there anything that while you guys were watching Ted Lasso, did it teach you anything about yourself and the way you saw the world or the way you consume media or the, the way you want to consume media? Because for me, at least it was like, oh, I love these shows like The Last of Us or Game of Thrones, but I also need balance. And that's something that I learned from the show. Well, just going off what you guys were talking about, like, because you were bringing up, like, Game of Thrones, The Last of Us, all these, like, even Barry, these, like, dark comedies. I'm, like, one of those firm believers that there's just not that many television shows that write joy. Like, I could write, I could probably, like, count them on, like, my one hand. And I, like, named them in the beginning when I was talking about Ted Lasso. Like, The Good Place, Parks and Rec, that I can't even think of anymore. And um, Mrs. Maisel, maybe? Like, that's probably it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's, like, back and forth. So, like, I just think, especially in this day and age, I feel like writing darker, more realistic, gritty, like, comedy and, like, dramas is considered, like, cinema and, like, the peak of writing. And it's, like, it's actually harder to write joy. And it's actually harder to, like, grab people to invest in someone's, like, journey to joy. So, Telasso, like, kind of reconfirmed my feelings of, like, I want to watch television shows that have characters doing the better thing doing the right, like doing something that's at, like asked more for humanity. And that's what I really appreciate about Ted Lasso, especially for the finale and the season that like, it always asks, it always does be like, maybe it's like a little cheesy and it's like too happy, but at the same time, it's like, it's always asking better and it's showing us better. And it's like, I really think that there's, it, that's really important in television these days because we see a lot of negativity in the news in real life all the time. So it's like, if television can't show us an opportunity to be better than what is television for. So it reconfirmed a lot of my feelings mostly. Yeah. I think in my opinion, so often these shows that are Ted Lasso adjacent get dismissed as silly little TV shows. I, I say it all the time. We all need our silly little TV shows. This year I've watched, I've just been catching up on the show Ghosts on CBS, which is an oh, absolute joy. Ghosts. If you guys have not watched yeah. it, love it. Um, I've been watching So Help Me Todd, which is Psych 2.0. If you guys like Psych, highly recommend that. But I think these silly little TV shows get completely dismissed as like, oh, they're not dramas. They're not even the comedies like The Bear or Barry or The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which put in millions of dollars into costuming and cinematography and all of these things. So Ted Lasso kind of felt like this beautiful mix between the two where it was like, it's a silly little TV show, but it also has these scenes that will make you feel like you're being punched in the gut. And I think in this case, I didn't feel the same way about Ted Lasso that I did with The Good Place because The Good Place was all about you should want to become a better person because it will make you feel better as a person. I think Ted Lasso was 
punching at the same point, but they were saying you should want to be a better person because it will not only make you a better person, it will make everyone around you a better person too. And I, you know, I just read Mike Schur's book for the second time. It's called how to be perfect. If you guys haven't read it, I strongly recommend you do, but he mentions Ted Lasso in it. And he says um, something to the effect of how he, he wishes he could have jumped on that ship as well, because it was so much about, Joy, maybe I'm, con- I think I'm conflating this with an interview he did, but anyway, oh, um, I love the interview. No, but, about, yeah. but he, he says that there are just aren't that many shows like the good place or Ted Lasso where it's making you laugh, but it's also making you want to be a better person. And I think that's truly, I feel like a changed person from these shows at the end of the day. Cause I, cause I've watched these and I know that spreading joy brings you joy, but it brings everyone else joy too. And I love that. Abbott Elementary is another one. Yes. I just remembered. There you go. Let's think of the other shows I watched this week. Year. <laughs> I absolutely agree with both of you, and I think that that you said that perfectly. Is that it's about spreading joy. It's about you know just being a better person, not just for yourself, but the way that it changes the environment around you and everything. And I think that that's what draws you in as part of the audience. But I think it's also what like made me realize like I really need to consume things that aren't dark all the time. I need to consume things that are lighthearted. And sometimes you are what you consume. Obviously not always, right? You're not going to be like some crazy killer because you watch some, you know, true crime or whatever, right? No, but, but it is nice I, to have. That's a theory too, that like if you only watch, like for example, it's, I think it's called the news theory that because like the news is so dark and like always negative that you start to feel like that's the world that you live in. So I feel like that's accurate though, because, and maybe it's not all shows, but especially when it's comedies, depending on the tone I watched, if you go, if you watch five seasons of Veep, you're going to come out and you're going to start dropping some more F-bombs. Like that is 100% going to happen. (laughs) It happened to me where there was a whole period, probably a month where I had just watched all seven seasons of Veep, a rewatch. And I remember texting my sister, the cruelest insult I have ever sent. And she's like, do you just rewatch Veep? And I was like, yes, I did. How did you know? <laughs> so it, it really does. It changes the way you look at the world and the way you wow. respond to things. So Ted Lasso, it changed me because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a kinder person because of it. I, I see the world as everyone is struggling a little bit. We all have our own things. And, you know, I always think, I mean, I started going to therapy after watching Ted have his panic attacks because I had those kind of panic attacks too. So it really did. It does change depending on what show you're watching. That's a big deal for a show to be able to motivate, like even just one person to like be better in that way. Like that's pretty amazing. One of the things that really speaks to me about Ted Lasso is that one of my favorite sci-fi series is called The Expanse, right? And I talk about this show all the time, but the main thing that I loved about that show is the, the hope for humanity. That humanity, even in the worst situation, is still good fundamentally, and people will still, no matter what the situation, be better, do better, grow. Even though you have like that those bad people out there, it doesn't matter. There's still good people in the universe. And I really love that message. And I love that about like shows like Doctor Who. Ted Lasso is like the perfect thing. It's because it's like nobody's perfect, but you're just striving to do a little bit better and a little bit better every day. And I think that that's like a big deal for me on why I wanted to continue to watch the show. But as we go into it, do you guys have any favorite characters, any favorite storylines? There's so many favorite characters. I know. <laughs> 
And we can go by them individually if yeah. you know, but I just want to know if you had a particular favorite character. I feel like every this is I think that this is like what I was actually thinking about since I was watching the finale before we met. Um, that like I really liked Colin this season, right? I loved him, I love that we focused on him, but I've always loved Sam, but I feel like we didn't focus on him as much. So it's like I think it's hard. I feel like I love them all, but we focus on them differently. Obviously, I love Roy and Keely, but I also love Jamie now. I also secretly, like, I've always loved Beard. Oh, gosh, so many. I just named literally half of the cast. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, after watching all three seasons, if you had asked me after season one or two, it would have been Beard or Roy. Um, but after season three, it has to be Jamie Tart. I was just mm-hmm. telling someone that, you know, I do a, a ton of Emmy analysis and I'm talking about, you know, where are the nominations going to go? There are eight uh, spots this year in supporting actor in a comedy series. And if Phil Dunster is not in this crop this year, a crime will have been committed because he was, in my opinion, the best of this season. And I think his character development in this season alone was worthy of that award. But Besides that, probably Beard. I think he's just the funniest, craziest, most absurd version of a character we'd love to see in this situation. So I think it's it's got to be one of them. I'm really on the Jamie Tart train yep. right now. Um, I don't know if it's because like just his, seeing his character development over the three seasons and him really coming out the most well-rounded and you know, the one who, who had done better for himself than any other character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I really love that. But I think that there was a dynamic between Rebecca Wilton and Keeley that got me. There, there was something about that sisterhood. As I was watching it, their friendship, like in the first season, and then, you know, there's that episode where they go off, like, to an away game and Sassy is introduced. Mm-hmm. My instinct was like, oh, like, I just assumed that they were they were going to be in like a friendship, like love triangle where they were going to be fighting over who the best friend is. Mm-hmm. It was then that I realized like, wow, I'm so jaded from all the things that I've watched before that I'm so used to women being pitted up against each other. But no, in this situation, Keely and Sassy were great together and it didn't interfere with the relationships that they had with Rebecca. Mm-hmm. They weren't like catty towards each other. They weren't fighting for the best friend slot. They weren't poaching friendship from each other. It was just women supporting women. And that was one of the biggest things for me that like, I realized like, wow, my 42 years of watching television has kind of like created these biases for me of like what female relationships should look like. So I think one of the most rewarding things for me watching Ted Lasso was seeing Rebecca and Keeley's relationship. Yeah. yeah, I also had that feeling too when like Sassy came in. I was just like, oh, they're gonna like fight for who's your like actual best friend. And I, it's funny because like with Keely loving her, I was like, that's actually more natural female friendships. Like this is what you end up actually doing. And I think the biggest thing with Telasso is it felt more realistic. It felt like you see these different type of relationships in real life. They don't feel like constructed because they're a trope or to cause drama. Like, um, I know we're talking about this later, but like the father relationships with everyone, how like diverse they were shown on the show. I think that it's all relatable because it's not just like one thing just for the sake of drama for the show. It's like all these like diverse types of relationships can exist because they do exist in real life. 
And them showing that for female relationships, it was so strong because it's a very male oriented show and it's very heavy. I mean, it's a, a boys soccer, like a football team, right? So it's going to be focused on the males, but like for them to do that about the female relationships was like such a choice. And I'm really proud of them for doing that. And I definitely one of the highlights of the show. For me with the sister relationship, it was, it was really good to see just these two women who they didn't have the same aspirations and they didn't have the same background at all, especially in the third season when we see we see Rebecca just willingly be ready to hand over a check to Keely to make her dream come true. Like, I don't know a single one of my friends who wouldn't do the same thing if they were in that situation. And I think that that was a really, you know, there are a lot of issues with season three that we can get into, but I think they still they still managed to portray that friendship really, really well. And I'm really glad they at least stuck the landing on that bit because I loved I loved that relationship and I'm so glad. If there is any spinoff or potential future seasons, I really hope we get to see more of them because I they were one of my favorite parts of the show. I really just loved Keely's energy in general because like Rebecca was like out to get her in the beginning. Remember, like she was like trying to be her enemy. I'm um, in general. I love. I prefer to say like I love Rebecca's growth towards like the end um, of this. Like her like whole relationship with Rupert it just. Gives me chills thinking about it. Just like her growth has been amazing. But like she, Keely like forced that friendship. Keely was like, no, we're not going to be enemies just because we're women in this business. We're going to be friends because that's what we do. She did that with Sassy and it just makes sense because I feel like women do have each other's backs in real life. Like we don't want to be pitted against each other usually. So. And I also like that she tried to support her friend who ended up being horrible, (laughs) but like brought her into the business, vouched for her, gave her a job, gave her opportunities. And I think that as women, we like do that for each other a lot for our friends. We vouch for them. We this, does it always work out? No, that's okay. Right. (laughs) But I actually love yeah. that girl. I, I, she <laughs> yeah. was one of my favorite parts of the season. Her, she was fun. Yeah. Her and, oh my gosh, what is the, the other woman's name? Barbara. Oh, the, the finance yeah. Oh my gosh, she was so cute. parts. Barbara's, oh my gosh. She, I want to see her do a project with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like where they play some type of siblings, cousins, something, because I feel like they look similar in their facial features and they have the same kind of, it's that very British delivery. And I loved them. So I, I would love to see something like that. But I just, those were two of my favorite parts of this season. So I'm really glad we got to see, especially more of Barbara. But, but yeah, I, I loved her too. <laughs> Um, I want piggybacking off of like the idea of like expectations of like female friendships. Cause like after like watching television for like 20 something years, okay, honestly 30 years, I also expect television to be a certain way. And I would like read my comment sections for Ted Lasso and everyone would do predictions, right? I would like to say that everyone's predictions were wrong because everyone was like, oh, Nate and Ted are going to be predi- like, are going to like butt heads. Barbara and Keely are going to butt heads. Rebecca and Sassy, like they're going to not get along. Everyone just like expected the tropes. And I'm really happy that Ted Lasso like redefined it. Barbara was not against Keely. Like she was on her side and you didn't have to do this typical, like, Oh, she had to go through something hard for Keely to like realize she was a human. No, Keely just realized she was a human being just by like being around her. Like you don't have to have a whole soft story to like realize someone is worth respect and like care. So I am happy that like Ted Lasso, like, Oh, it may, it may like come off like as like, Oh, we expect this to happen. But at the same time, it subverts tropes all the time. Now that we're talking a little bit about Rebecca, I do want to talk about Rebecca and how the season ended for her. I thought she was a fascinating character 
first and foremost. But I really want to hear what you guys thought about Rebecca Walton as a character, how you feel she did from season one to season three. From season one to season three, I liked her growth. In season three alone, I was not pleased. I was actually quite upset, especially when you consider the way that they were taking her character throughout the season. It kind of, like the green matchbook, all of that, it felt like a red herring at the end that was so unnecessary. And, you know, I actually, I did love the episode where they were in Amsterdam. I thought that that was one of the series high because there were, in my opinion, there were really bad episodes and then there were really great episodes this season. And it was really a mixed bag. So I wasn't as mad about the the, the flying Dutchman as people have been uh, calling him um, at the end, but I did, I thought that there could have been so much more with her. And I really was hoping we would get to see more of these moments where they happened off screen, but they should have, like, I would have loved to see Rupert get his, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, ass handed to him in real time on the show. Or I wanted to see Nate actually quit. And I think in this specific instance, I wanted to see more with Rebecca's, these moments that she had. And, you know, I've seen some, some murmurs on the internet of Rebecca and some of the characters returning for a spinoff or another season or something like that. And I don't want to get into that too much because none of that is confirmed. But if that's the case, I, I actually would feel more comfortable saying that this was really disappointing because I am disappointed. I, I wanted more for her. I wanted better for her. I, I just, I said it in a video that I made the other day that this season, I feel like she was barely there. And I was doing my Emmy analysis for this, for this upcoming year. And she didn't even crack my top 10 people for this category. Like when you look at all of the people involved this year, she was barely there. And I can't think of a single moment where she tore my heart out the way she did in season one or in season two. So I'm sad for her and her character, but I'm hopeful for the future. We will say that. I was actually rewatching the episode and I realized like her and Ted were like, they, they really pushed them in the finale. I noticed like her character. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I feel a little weird about it. And I was like trying to like figure out like my feelings. I liked the episode not even the, the Amsterdam episode. I like the episode where she and Rupert actually like interact and they had like that food fight. And then, but that was like the only thing really stuck out with me with this episode. Cause I was not a huge, like, I was not really invested in the whole matchbook thing. I know everyone had these theories. Everyone was like talking about it, but like, I really was like, I don't care. I mean, I liked her. I, I thought the Sam and her relationship just completely like happened for no reason. And then like teetered off. And I was like the matchbook. I don't know if it was supposed to like, cause it hinted at him, but also hinted, and other things. So I was really confused. I was actually really confused by her storyline. And I think the finale confused me more because I'm like, this is really focused on her and her relationship with Rupert and how, so I'm happy that she got her closure with Rupert. And I think maybe that's what they're trying to do because in the first episode of the, this season, she was just like obsessed with beating Rupert. And that was like all she cared about. Now she doesn't care. She didn't want to like comment on his divorce. So I'm like, okay, I guess that was her character journey, but they completely like sidelined her into like all these other storylines throughout this. So like, I'm happy with her relationship with Rupert and that story arc. I wish they focused on it the whole time. I saw Rebecca have so much potential as a character, right? Like I was really excited about this 
beautiful, tall, like very feminine, but very powerful woman who ended up inheriting this, this team through her divorce and people just thinking she was like, you know, she just inherited it. She, she wasn't worthy of being in the spot that she was in. She wasn't, you know, she was, the whole thing was going to go to ruin and she was ready for that. She was ready to ruin it. That's why she brought Ted Lasso in. And so seeing her grow into somebody who was actually managing the team appropriately and taking them to these championship Premier League, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then also her growing as a person, realizing that she does care about this team. She does care about these people that, you know, her struggles with Rupert and like all the trauma she's had. The fact that uh, Bex got pregnant and had a kid when she so desperately had wanted that in her life. The fact that like, you know, she was isolated from Sassy because of Rupert, because of her embarrassment with like everything that they went through. And, you know, I know that they were alluding to at the end with the three fans who buy her the beer that are saying like, oh, you're like the mother to this team. I get what they were trying to do, but I think they really missed it with that because I think there could have been another way to say like she could be just as fulfilled with running a team as she could to be a mother or something like that. So I feel like there was something missing there. I, I know that the majority of the writers on this were male, so I don't know if it had made a difference that there was more female writers on it or not. But I think that Rebecca is a fascinating character. I think that the fact that, you know, she opened her door to Bex and to the other mistress because she understood them. She had some kind of, she knew what they were going through and she was willing to be there for other women who were suffering from the same abuse from the same man. I thought that was like amazing. And I would have loved to have seen that conversation. Mm -hmm. I would have loved Mm -hmm. to have seen her mentor them through their grief, their pain, their whatever, what she went through you know, mm-hmm. and turn something horrible in her life into something like beautiful that she helped somebody else through. And there was like this huge potential for Rebecca. And especially in the scenes where you see her as a little girl and then she sees herself like, you know, as a woman, powerful and being allowed to be in these spaces. And, you know, when they tell her who cares, I think it's Leslie uh, Higgins who tells her like, who cares why you're in this space? You're mm-hmm. here now do your best to like protect this space. The speech she gives, you know, when they have the food fight or whatever was really impactful. And I think it was completely lost and forgotten about because I don't think they knew what they were doing with Rebecca. I think they Mm -hmm. had a really general idea, but I think she was a fascinating character that could have been really inspiring, really powerful, especially because of all the trauma she's been through and all the trauma she's overcome in her relationship and everything. So I was very disappointed in the way it ended for Rebecca. I did love the relationship with her and Ted where, you know, she finally realized how important Ted is to her and things like that. And her little meet cute at the airport kind of thing. That was adorable. But I think in Rebecca, it would have made more sense for Rebecca to fly him home or something like that. I don't know. Like it just seemed like, they just didn't know what to do with her. I, I think you're so, you're so right. In my opinion, I think they cheapened Rebecca at so many points. Like at the end, in maybe not even flying him out there. Rebecca's a strong woman. She would have gone back and like gotten on that boat and said, listen. And then it would have even made a little bit more sense if his daughter had walked in. The daughter thing 
kind of annoyed me because it just felt like the cheapest, easiest way to tell her, oh, you can have it all. Like, you know, it might not be through your own womb or through your own adoption, but it's through, you know, this other man that you've met. Like, it just, it felt so so convenient is the yeah, right you're word. Right. I, I didn't like that scene. I know it was very rom-com and I usually love rom-com moments, but I didn't like the whole, oh, you just happened to find his daughter at the airport. How convenient. Yeah. Oh, the like his daughter ran to you. He also happens to be a pilot. Like, I get what they were trying to do, but I think it would have been stronger if, like, they, at the end with the barbecue at Higgins' house, like, he just show, she just shows up with him. Like, that would, I think, would have been, like, a lot stronger. It would have given, like, the us as an audience a lot more credit to, like, piece it together. They're like, oh, Rebecca found him because she wanted to. Or she, why they didn't need to add that scene, I felt like. Why didn't we get to see? Rebecca was at the airport. Why didn't she just go to the Netherlands? Exactly. Like, she was yeah. there already. Exactly. Like, do something and else. Then she didn't have to do that. We could have seen her literally checking into a ticket. We wouldn't have known. It would have been an element of surprise. Then we see her walk onto the mm-hmm. or walk into the barbecue, and it would have been amazing. Oh, I'm also just sitting here realizing that they were having a barbecue, and Ted was all about barbecue because barbecue yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. I feel like they oh. held her hands. <laughs> I feel like they held her hands a lot in the finale. I feel like they yeah. thought they. I don't know. They've given us so much more credit in the past seasons. Like season two was my favorite. And I feel like they gave us so much more in the past, especially that like funeral episode. Like that's one of my favorite episodes of Ted Lasso. Cause they just expected us to like piece it all together. There was a lot of like complicated things and the finale was sweet and I'm satisfied with it, but just like, I feel like they held my hand and they walked me through it. Like this is what happened to this character. This is what happened to this one. And it's like, we could have, these characters are so grown and we've seen them gone through so much. We could have assumed them doing a lot more on their own. And Rebecca's the biggest one on that list. I also think the, the scenes with Ted and Rebecca in the end, I really, I know they did that to fake people out, especially the one at the very beginning, but they knew what they were doing by, they gave it not just one, not two, three scenes, the one in the airport, the one in the stadium, and then the one in her house where I was sitting here thinking like, they're alluding to something, but they're never going to cross the line because they know that that's not happening for them. And I saw so many people who were like, either just leave it out or do one scene. Don't do three. It just kind of felt right. Not mm, I agree. Cruel, but like a little cruel to these people who, like Ted Becca was trending on Twitter on Tuesday. It was one wow. of the top hashtags. And it just, I don't know. I think the writers missed the mark for a lot of things this season. And doing that in the finale three times, like it was already in a 75 minute finale and gave, giving us those three scenes felt so unnecessary. Ugh, right, they could have been better served somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, that, yeah. I didn't really like the beginning at all. Like I, no, I that was just so I. It felt really like uncomfortable almost because I knew what they were doing. Exactly, because like, mm-hmm. they're not going to. They wanted to hint that like the unspoken elephant in the room was Ted leaving, but they're going to make it that like as if they hooked up, and it's just like. But I don't think anybody believed that because at no point was there this like chemistry between Rebecca and Ted mm-hmm. that would ever allude to this moment, mm-hmm. right? So, like, even when I was watching it and Ted's there, I was like, oh, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly nothing happened. And then you see beer and everybody come out. And I was like, see, OK. Yeah. And then they were like, there was a gas leak. Like, and I feel like like we, we I think Hope mentioned before, it cheapened Rebecca a little bit. Like it cheapened the whole like gravity of 
um, Ted almost leaving too, because I know people that like were live reacting to me and they're just like, Oh my God, they did. Like they were so focused on like our Ted and Rebecca, like hooking up that they like didn't even realize like, wait, is Ted even leaving? Like people actually missed that Ted was leaving. Cause they were just so caught up in this confusion of like the first five minutes of that episode. So I, I don't know. They could, they had a strong point of Ted leaving. They should have just committed to it. I feel like they almost like chickened out and they went to like cheap things in the process of it. And I think that Rebecca being sad that Ted is leaving was legit because she grew so much alongside of Ted. She made herself vulnerable when she vulnerable when she like went up to him and told him, I lied to you. I used you. I this. And then he forgave her. And then he's still like rooted for her and everything. So I believe their friendship. And I believe Rebecca being all heartbroken about Ted leaving, but not because of any kind of love or chemistry or anything romantic. Right. But because this is somebody who helped her through one of the most terrible times in her life, who forgave her for being terrible and who, you know, has been her friend, has been there with her running this team together. And that would have been strong by itself. If they just showed that one scene of Rebecca being upset, that would have been enough. That would have been strong in in itself. That's all we would have needed. Yeah, I was going to say, I would have rather had one scene where she does admit to loving him, but not in the way that people typically assume because you can love someone and not be in love with them. And if they had done that in the stadium, which the stadium scene was a little weird to me because I felt like he was giving her nothing in return. Um, She was like pouring her heart out to him and he was just kind of sitting there. If she had just said, listen, I love you. You've done so much for me. I understand if you have to go, but I need you to know this. And it does this change anything. It would have made a little bit more sense, but the way that they played their dynamic in the last episode was so odd. And I, I feel this way because, like, I do like the finale, but I just keep going back and forth on it. I almost feel like maybe they needed one more episode. Like, we didn't need a whole yeah. another season, but maybe one more episode where they tie things up. And I feel like they try to do too much. And maybe that's what they were trying to, like, do with the that, that like, sitting seat, that stadium scene. Because, like, I think it was important for Rebecca to say, you do mean a lot to me and you do mean a lot to this team. But, like, they had to, like, put it in the series finale. Um, even the stuff with Nate. I, like, I'm still, like, I... I understand what the show is trying to do with it, but I'm so like frustrated by it because I'm just like, if you had another episode, you could have done the whole Nate and that's actually, I'm a little upset about this. Ted and Nate in that whole interaction, I was waiting for that this whole season. And it felt like such a like letdown, like, yeah, give me one more episode, do that, do all this and then do the series finale. I feel. I agree. I think that there were so many, you know, I know that Jason Sudeikis said three seasons was always the plan. And it's also the reason why I've been so suspicious about there possibly being another season season because they kept saying it was always the plan, but they never once still on Apple TV's uh, thing. It says the season finale rather than the series finale. And I just, I remember sitting there thinking like this may have been the end goal for Ted to go home, but all the rest of these storylines, just like something doesn't add up here. And especially the Ted and Nate thing, like that felt so unresolved. It felt like yeah. we needed an episode where they just like, maybe now I know Ted's like not the one to fully dish it out and have this huge argument with someone, but there needed to be way more acknowledgement than just what they did. And, you know, I'm glad that the team members went back and they recruited Nate back to the team, but there was so much more that they could have done with that. And do you remember the like six episodes earlier? They were livid at him. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I just like it felt it, I was really jarred by that personally like I was like oh now you forgive him like um I don't know like so yeah there was a point where they go to recruit him and I thought oh I missed an episode did I skip an episode and I went back to watch if like I missed an episode where the team forgave him and there was nothing it was just like we want him back and I did and I thought was it just because of that little card that he said he was sorry so much happened off screen yeah. mm-hmm you know what I mean? I was waiting for like the kit man to be like, oh, look, he did this for us. I think he really changed. And then, you know, but there was no discussion amongst the team. They just suddenly wanted him back because they felt sorry for him. Like, I don't know. Like, I so, so I saw someone post a theory that or they said what should have happened was that Nate should have quit. We should have seen him quit and then we should have seen him go to the independent or to another newspaper and leak a story about Rupert that would start the the cause on sense. this like Rupert's oh, on his way. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Because then that would have at least opened the door for the team to be like, Oh, he's trying to take down West Ham or he was mm-hmm. taking down West Ham from the inside, but now that he's out, like he's he knows he had to separate himself from this team. He knew he had to go away from Rupert. Um, but he's trying to make good at least. There was no, there was just no connection there. And to see these team members go from, we hate this man, he abandoned us, to we want him back, but only because he left West Ham. Or did they even know that he was the one who left West Ham? It was only that they he never told us. Out, right? Yeah. Right. So because um, even like the people, the waiters, or the, when he's a waiter yep. and he's attending the people at the table, they're like, was it drugs? Mm-hmm. Was it this? Mm-hmm. So if the players had gone and felt bad, they're like, you know what? He was once part of our team. Like, let's go check on him. And then they realized that even if he had only told the players, you know what? I didn't feel comfortable and I missed what I had, you I, know, at Richmond. Yeah. That would have been enough for me. I also also kind of wish that, like, the team... Like, I wish there was an episode dedicated to Nate. And I kind of feel like the same way about Nate that, like, you guys were mentioning about Rebecca, that it was a lot of wasted potential. Like, there was this, like, goldmine of, like, character development and storyline they could do, but they just didn't do it. I don't know if they were scared or they just didn't have time because I think this was their final series season. But um, I almost wish like if they could have seen Nate depressed, because like that was like the most humanizing thing for Nate, seeing him depressed, yeah. seeing him with his family. I almost wish the team saw him depressed. Like, oh, Nate's right. here. Let's make fun of him. Then they go and almost like when, you know how like um, uh, Ted showed Beard, that like clip of Nate, like falling off the chair, trying to take off a belief sign, almost the um, team having that real life effect where they go see Nate at the restaurant see that he has like a like a beard that he's like unraveled that he's struggling now he's like a waiter they if they saw it it could humanize him it would have just been it would have been more in line of what Ted Lasso does and I feel like they just I don't know I feel like things were missed I feel like episodes were missed in the process there was there was um a writer on Twitter who every single week I was laughing because every single week what she would do was she would do a check-in on Ted on Nate's girlfriend Jade and she was like Another week with Jade. I don't know anything about her other than the fact that her name is Jade and she's Nate's girlfriend. Because she had nothing. Like, what was her character? Was that it? She was a little bit salty. That that was it. And the, I just I've hesitated to say it up until this point, but I think the writing on the last season just felt lazy, in my opinion. Like it felt so. We're gonna put in the bare minimum to get to the end, and especially with the Nate and. You know, God bless Jade. I'm sure she she was probably this actress. I feel so bad. She probably had this whole backstory for her, but 
we knew we nothing never saw about it. her. And I was like, we never saw it much more. Yeah. And now, and really what, so what was her motivation? So he's, she sees him with the supermodel and then is jealous. Yeah. yeah. And then sees his worth because he was with the supermodel. Yeah. I, I, like, didn't, I don't, I don't get like, how that even happened. I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I said that like earlier that like Ted Lasso is not cliched, but like, unfortunately this season they were really cliched. Like mm-hmm. they did the whole like, oh, a woman changed me mentality for Nate. Like, oh, you're telling me that he, this whole time, and I hate to do like this, but like you're telling me that Nate really was just an incel that wanted a relationship and then that's what changed him. Really? Like I gave him so much more credit. Like he had this complicated relationship with his father. It would have been so much stronger if they made it about his father. Like that moment actually made me cry. Why right. did you even add the girl's storyline? I don't even, I, she net up. Like, I just, I don't even understand. Not only do we know nothing about Jade, but like, what did they have in common? What did they talk about? What is, like, why, I, I can't even imagine. Why is she the most amazing girl? Yeah. Like, cause he says that, like, why? And like, she, just, she seems she just, just kind of like. She brings the bread there. just right when it's the perfect temperature. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> like, she works at your favorite restaurant. I just, I, I don't know. It just, I felt like that's a cliche thing of like a girl changed a guy and Rebecca too like she found the guy like I just I felt like they went to classic sitcom cliches almost mm-hmm. and I was just like well you have a stronger characters than that you should have just like believed that Nate and Rebecca could have st- stood on their own and they would have been completely fine on them by themselves yeah and I think there were so many people who were arguing about the it wasn't just because he was with a supermodel and I was like well if it wasn't that he was with a supermodel, it was that he was alone and sad. And that was supposedly her motivation to join him then was that he was a sad little lonely boy by himself. Does that make it that much better? Is that a- or is it like only I can be mean to this man? No yeah. other woman can be mean to him. Like, that, just uh, That's giving her more personality that she showed. Like nothing against Jade. I just like wish they showed her. They didn't even talk. They never had a conversation. No, <laughs> she would what? just stare at him. It's like, if, I wish they talked. I wish they said something. I wish they would have shown some sort of like something that made it make sense a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then I think too, like, I, I like, I felt like the Nate storyline had a lot of potential and he was a super interesting character. Mm-hmm. There was a couple times where I was a little, oh, like there's the, where he gets promoted initially the scene and he calls like Rebecca a witch or like a wench or something, but Rebecca's not even phased by it. Like after he, like he thinks he's fired because there's a new kit man or whatever, but he's actually being promoted. And he's like, it's you, it's your fault. I knew it was you, Rebecca. And he like yells at her. And it's like the first time you get a glimpse of the fact that Nate's not, the nicest guy, right? Mm-hmm. But I was thinking Rebecca Walton would not have put up with it. Nate would have been, even if he was promoted, he would have been fired. And there was that little moment that kind of just bothered me. But there was other moments with Nate like that, that like him kissing Keely, it didn't bother me because I was like, okay, he was in his zone. He was feeling good. And, you know, this girl finally gave him like positive attention. Yeah. And I think that they handled that okay. Like Keely was like, Hey, it's fine. It happens, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, but it also made sense in the storyline is where like Nate started to spiral because he was like, Oh, not even Roy is like jealous that I kissed his girlfriend and this and that. So that kind of made sense. But like, we never see where Nate like flips to start to be good. Cause you see him flipping to be bad and it all kind of like makes sense. It makes sense that he's, 
you know, needs validation and Ted stopped giving it to him or whatever. But like, you never see where he like, where he starts thinking, oh, Rupert is not okay. Except in the, in the point where he's trying to get with his girl. Mm. And I think this is why, like, it's so frustrating. I actually did a video comparing Nate to Tahani Al-Jamil because I felt like it was very similar in the sense of, like, they never got the validation from their parents, so they seek outside acclaim. And that's why he was so obsessed with what everyone was saying about him on social media. So, like, whereas Tahani realized that, like, okay, building my relationships with my sister versus, like, following like Chidi or like Jason will make me feel better. Like she went after boys in the beginning, realized that's not actually going to help. Let me work on my relationships and then work on myself. And I kind of expected that for me. Like, I was just like, okay, he's going to have a moment where he can't actually get the validation from his father or Rupert, who was his new father figure. And then realized maybe I need to work on myself and then go back and like work on the people that like he hurt in the process, but like they went, they literally just were like, no, you're going to have a relationship instead. And it's like, this is the opposite of like what Tahani did. Like that, like imagine her relationship with Jason or Chi worked out and then she changed. Like that wouldn't have made sense for her. And I feel like that's what they did with Nate. Like you're telling me this random waitress changed him in like a week. What? <laughs> there was a I lot of baggage that he I had to work through. <laughs> I know that someone, the girl from girl code, Jamie Lee, we, we should, we need to, somebody needs to ask her what she thought about that because there's no way that that storyline of you're going to get saved by this woman. There's no way that storyline just flew with her. Like, I, I can't imagine that she wasn't there raising red flags and like, oh, guys, should we really be doing this? Should we really be sending in someone who, you know, has no character arc other than being this man's girlfriend and helping him to see the light? Come on. And like you had mentioned earlier that it was like this season felt lazy. I felt like the season was trying to do too much. Like this is the only reason why I was like, maybe you should give it another season because I feel like they just tried to do, they were trying to wrap up every, the season, the series finales felt like they were trying to wrap up a season three finale with the series finale. Like there was a yeah. lot that was going on and they didn't wrap up season three, but they wrapped up the series, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like, I just think that they just, Nate, went adrift and that's why it's not just lazy it's the fact that they just didn't have time and they didn't give so him time. I, I think you're so right and I, I I'm always the proponent of you know when a show knows that it's the end it should just it should just be done because like I think The Good Place had a really great arc of four seasons was perfect like they knew mm-hmm. when to take their bow make their exit I think Bill Lawrence in this case was worried about doing what happened with Scrubs where Scrubs went on mm, right. too long. Mm-hmm. Like they, they canceled the JD Turk, everybody moved on. And then they brought in that new crop of characters that no one yeah. watched. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> so I think they were just, they were scared of doing that. They said, we initially wanted three seasons. They wanted to stick with it, but four seasons would have worked just as well here, if not better. I do. I think that it just, there were so many things with the pandemic happening. And then I know Jason Sudeikis had a ton of stuff going on personally that like, you know, right. splitting back and forth between his time with New York and like his, his kids were on planes every single week is what he said. And that's not a good environment. So it, it's just, there was so much happening that I think they really, they were like, we need to wrap this up. And I really, I do think a fourth season would have been so much better though. So talking about Ted Lasso and the shows about him, obviously he's the title ca- character. What did you guys think about Ted Lasso's journey and the way that it ended and just Ted Lasso in general? 
So I know we were like just like bashing on like this three seasons and such. Um, I will say that like Ted's story did feel complete. I I will give them that. Like that was good. Like I even think that even if they finished Ted Lasso's story in three seasons, it would have been fine. And they kind of kept going. I almost kind of wish they did that. Like I think they should have showed the rest of the characters later and given a focus on Ted this season. But I'm really happy for him. Like I, I think it made sense. Like. I'm obsessed with like the father relationship theme that comes up constantly with it. We've had this like like um, new age renaissance of like talking about mother daughter relationships, and it's like it's about time we get into complicated father son relationships. And Ted Lasso does this so well with like Jamie, Sam, even Roy hinted Nate, and Ted definitely is like the father of all issues. Like he not only is trying to be a father, he had a complicated relationship with his father, and then he's a coach, which is basically like a secondary father to these people. So I think going back to him being a father just made so. Much sense so it felt very complete I'm very happy that they focused on that it was kind of obvious because like everyone kept hinting on Henry like even his mom was just like your son misses you so it was like it felt very inevitable but I feel like it was very it came like it felt full circle it made so much sense I feel like for the show and for Ted's character so I'm happy with Ted's story at least yeah I think I would agree with that Ted is about the only character who I felt very satisfied with their ending. It felt, like she said, a full circle. I think this was, if you threw up a map and said, this is where we want to start, this is where we want to end, and that was their their bare bones outline for seasons one, two, and three, I 100% can say the note card at the end of season three was Ted Goes Home. Like, that's, that's what their end goal was. I think that it was everyone else that they struggled with and tying up everything else into a nice, neat little box. But I loved Ted's storyline. I think especially the way that they did episode 11 with all of the Wizard of Oz references. And it was all, you know, everything was laying the yellow brick road of he's going home. But I do, my favorite thing was, I almost tweeted this the other day. I was like, I wish they had done a moment where at the end of uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, how it turned into Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I wish that they would have done that. But had it been like Ted Lasso becomes We Are Richmond for season four, and I would have been like, that would have been perfect because that um, way it was never about Ted Lasso. Everyone else gets one more season, and then Jason Sudeikis can go and do whatever he wants now. <laughs> so that was yeah, my yeah, ideal situation. But or yeah. even the like, you know, uh, Trent Crim's book, The Lasso Way, The, the Lasso Richmond Way, way mm-hmm. right? They could have just been Ted Lasso goes to the Richmond way or Mm -hmm. something like that. Anything like that. I think it it would have just opened up the door to wrap things up in a nicer and neater way for everyone else. Not Mm -hmm. just Ted. But I like Ted's ending. Mm -hmm. My only critique, because I agree with you guys, it makes sense that Ted goes home with everything he's dealt with, the reason he leaves, you know, the way he finds himself, the therapy, what he, the conversations with his mother and everything. It makes sense for him to go home. I think that I was a little confused by the ending because you see like Michelle uh, Lasso and, you know, her son, they're watching the game. They're supporting him. They're always supporting him, even though, you know, they're, she's not with them. She's always pretty supportive of him. And then there was like the therapist guy, the marriage counselor, whoever yeah. there. And he's just kind of being annoying, but he's not like, and I didn't really understand like, why they were like shushing him clearly she has a relationship with him so why do they what are they saying like ted lasso comes home and then he comes home to his ex-wife's house yeah yeah you know what i mean like they're getting back you don't see him start over in his own place 
with his son and it's just them two and he goes home to his son, he pulls up at his ex-wife's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they were hinting at him for sure. They're like, oh, you're supposed – because I hated him in that moment. So I feel like they're just like, no, we all hate him. And they wanted to allude that they broke up and that Ted and her get back together. I just the worst the worst take I saw was they wrote the ending that Jason couldn't have, and I was like, oh, ooh, I don't oh, like that. Yeah, oh it gosh. felt like, it felt like a deep cut, a little personal. Wow. Um, but I, I think that's exactly what they were doing. Them showing the therapist being annoying and not caring about what this thing that they care about so much, and then them at the soccer game at the very end together, like they're they were getting back together. That was very much. The, what they were alluding to, I think. Mm. Um, didn't like that part. I, I get, and I think it's sweet and all, but like also it just kind of like, I would have rather seen Ted get over Michelle. Same. And work yeah, towards agreed. something else and, you know, start his life over because he basically runs to Richmond to avoid the divorce, to give Michelle space, to this, to that. He kind of just... uh runs away from like his uh facing the truth of what that his marriage is ending and things like that so I think I would have rather have seen Ted just accept that she's moved on with somebody else and he's still going to have a son and his relationship with the son but he's going home for his son yeah and not so much for hopes that he'll get back with Michelle there's a heavy theme on relationships with the finale in this season like Nate with Jade, um, Rebecca with the Dutch guy, and um, Ted with Michelle. Like, it just, it all felt out of nowhere. Like, these the are The only things- person they didn't do that with was Keely. And mm-hmm. that was the one thing, you know, I saw so many people saying that they didn't like the Roy and Jamie scene where they they fought and they were in the bar together, but only to tell each other that they want Keely. And I, I liked that because I think it is, it mimics what, men how men actually see the world and how they actually interact i liked keely's ending in that she wasn't supposed to be with a guy at least not at this point at the same time then why why did we waste time just showing her with roy like two episodes previous i don't know i think i go back and forth because i'm like i loved them together but i'm also very happy that she didn't just end up with them just because you know yeah and i the only thing i didn't like about that was that Roy and Jamie show up to her apartment and say, we're letting you decide. I just didn't feel like that worked with their characters. Like we just saw Jamie Tart go through this huge character mm-hmm. arc, like right. Emmy nominated worthy episode. And he's letting Keely decide on who she can pick relationship wise. I'm like, which character is this? So I just felt like that felt insincere. I can imagine the bar fight. I just thought it was weird. They're like, we're letting you decide. Like these aren't the characters we know. So like that confused me. That was my only complaint. Oh, well, I really loved the episode where they follow Jamie Tart around and mm-hmm. he ends up going to his mother's house mm-hmm. and they're in his childhood bedroom. What a moment, Jamie Tart, to have grown up and become best friends with his idol. Not only that, but like had fallen in love and been with this girl that was like the poster on his wall. But his relationship with her had evolved into a friendship that these two people were his friends. They were his best friends in the world who knew him and who cared enough about him to like chase him and like make sure he wasn't like depressed or jumping off bridges or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so beautiful. So it did bother me kind of like the bar scene fight at the, like with him and Roy, because I felt like they were finally at the point where they were like actual friends and really cared about each other. 
So I felt the the making Keely decide thing was unnecessary, right? And then there's, I think Schitt's Creek did a really good job of showing that the women didn't end up with the guy as part of the happy ending, right? You see like in Schitt's Creek, both the, the young females are off doing their own entrepreneur, starting their own business and doing really well. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And, you know, their relationships didn't come to fruition for like good reasons, you know, like, and I didn't see that with Ted Lasso where I thought they were just always trying to put Keely in a relationship, whether it was with that woman, Jack or whoever else, you know, like, you know, Keely was so focused on her business. She didn't really need any other relationship things going on. Um, so I was a little bit kind of weirded by the the way that Roy, Keely, and Jamie ended up at the end. I think it would have been perfect to just end it. Their relationship, their story, the three of them, with just being best friends. I love the episode where they introduce, well, kind of introduce uh, Roy's sister for the second time. And, you know... They're like, they have that playful, like, oh, your sister's really fit. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you're my best friend. And they have this emotional moment. I think that was great. And I think it would have been just wonderful to just leave them as really great friends. Yeah. And, and Roy having to accept that. I don't think Jamie Tart needed to have been into that. I think Roy saying, oh, I still love Keely and he can't get over it. And then going to therapy for it would have been enough. Yeah. I don't think we needed to have that fight with Jamie. I, I'm glad you brought that up, the Roy part, because I feel like what that really showed was that Roy was not developed as much. Because like we've been focusing on Jamie. like We had this whole episode. We saw Jamie has grown so much. And I was realizing this. I'm like, we haven't really seen that for Roy this season. Like, And I think that's what they were trying to say with everything. Because I was like thinking about it. I'm like, why would you add these scenes? And I think they were trying to say, like especially that scene where that video was leaked of Keely and then Roy asked, whose was it? I felt that it was like really uncomfortably out of character. Yeah. And I was just like, why would you add that? Like I was trying to figure this out. I'm like, I think they're trying to say that Roy is actually not that good. Like he's not been good for a while. And I've been trying to understand Roy's character, which is like, he's been one of my favorites. But I feel like this season, I couldn't tell what was going on with him. And I guess they were hinting at that he's been going through a lot. He just hasn't checked himself. Like Rebecca called him out a few times saying like, hey, are you just determined to get in your way all the time? So I love that they ended with him being in therapy. It made most sense. It made sense that Jamie would be with his father. It made sense that Keely would be working on a business. But I feel like the stuff in between wasn't necessary. So, and I think yeah. they did that to like show what where Roy was. But I feel like Jamie didn't need to backslide into the Roy and Keely drama. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, that felt out of place. And I guess like they were trying to emphasize that Roy's really not that good. So I think maybe that's why. I, I don't Which know. Which is fine. I think yeah. that emphasizing that Roy wasn't like magically this perfect man or whatever is a great him having to go to therapy because he couldn't get over Keely and he made this bad decision or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I get that. That makes sense to me. I just don't think that we should have made Jamie Tart slide back and I'm a Jamie Tart stand. So maybe yeah. that's what it was. I just didn't want to see him it. like falling back. Yeah. They could have done it earlier or showed it differently. Like they just, they just, I don't know. It felt really unnecessary in the series finale season finale for sure. Yeah. I would agree with that. One thing that I also want to talk about was Sam's storyline. Whether it was Sam with Rebecca or Sam with his restaurant, I feel like we didn't finish Sam's story. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he's like on a Nigerian team, yep. it looks like. That was so at the end. Yeah. But like, I was like, when was that an option? Because, you know, that one billionaire guy yeah. 
she just told them, hey, watch out. I swear I keep thinking I missed an episode. I was like, yeah. something happened that no. I didn't see. No, mm-hmm. you didn't. And I, I think in this case, it is just that they they forgot things. They skipped things. They they tried to move things, move through things so much faster than they needed to, especially when you have a super sized season like they did. Like they had 12 episodes at an hour long or more. Some of them were like 75 or 80 minutes. And there were so many unnecessary scenes throughout the entire season where I was like, why are we doing this? Why are we taking time to watch this? And I, like Sam put his whole heart, his whole soul into Ola's and then he just leaves to pursue. I mean, I get that it was always his dream to be, you know, to play in his home country. But also, I don't know, there should have been a little bit more explanation. There should have been, I, I said, what should have happened was there should have been, when they were collecting money at the beginning of the finale and they were saying like, oh, we're going to buy a karaoke machine now. I was so sure that that was going to be the send off for everyone that Sam was going to announce he was going to go home to play on a Nigerian team that they were all going to make like give it a two sir with love moment for Ted and you know everybody gets that opportunity to say goodbye for these revelations to come out there was nothing there was no scene like that and it, it they wasted Sam's potential I just keep going back to that I really hope there's a spinoff or something coming because otherwise what happened I, I almost felt like there was a time jump at the end. Yeah. Like, I was just assuming them, like, because, like, Beard got married, um, like, they Which showed all these bunch guys, of things. Do you guys believe that that's actually what happened? Because there's a faction that they think that's just what Ted is dreaming happened and, for and these people. So you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Scrubs original finale before yep. the med school one where he That's does that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it reminds yeah. me. And I that was also that. a I time jump but in his head, right? So I'm like, yeah. is that what's happening? So like, that's why I was just, I'm assuming it's a time jump. And if it's in Ted's head, that makes even more sense because it's like so much doesn't make sense. Cause like, how would he, have, I was just like caught up in the logistics. I'm like, what about his restaurant? How did he get there? What about Richmond? Like, I'm so confused. So I'm assuming it's time jumps. I don't know. I, but in general, I've been kind of disappointed with Sam because he started out so strong. He's another wasted potential in my opinion and yeah. nothing against him and the Rebecca storyline. Like I may not ship them, but I just feel like he got like almost like an, in, he like got drowned in her storyline. Unfortunately, he yeah. lost his autonomy in her storyline, and they also hinted at that all season. By the way, like they right, like the matchbook. Yeah. They had a cute. They were like looking at each other during watching Hugh got mail. So I'm just like, literally, they were just hinting at them the episode prior for nothing. And yeah. okay, listen, I know I'm coming across very conspiratorial, um, but I'm gonna be. I'm a truther now. So. Tohi Jabot, who plays Sam, obviously, he's now in the power, and I'm pretty sure they just got picked up for season two, so it would be a send-off for him, a reason he couldn't come back for, say, another season. Um, I'm just going full in on this conspiracy theory that they're not done, guys. I'm just, I'm letting you know I fully subscribe to this train of thought. There's another season coming. There's a spin-off. Something is happening. I, it I makes sense that. why they would send him away, though. Mm-hmm. without any explanation too mm-hmm. and i just feel like his story didn't wrap up for me yeah. like i didn't see yeah, what happened with all his activism right yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know it would have made sense for for sam to go on to become maybe not necessarily like continue in football but to become an activist to use his business mm-hmm. as like you know some power in the community to you know it just it made 
I felt like there was a lot of wasted potential with Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was a little bit confused with Danny Rojas and Zoro's oh, like, little yeah. interaction. So I did like the idea that, you know, Danny had a dark side and could be like terrifying if you were on the opposite team yeah. or if you were like, you know, on his bad side or something. So he wasn't this perfectly rosy character. But the fact that like, something in the way like the apology and then working it out felt so off to me that I was like, what's going on with Danny and Zoro or Van Damme or whatever he was calling himself Zoro the whole time. It just felt off to me. And I was like, why did they do this? Like none of this makes sense. I didn't have an issue with like Danny having a little bit of a dark side or whatever, but something didn't add up to like when they started playing together again. Like there was no firm apology. Like, Hey man, I was, it was just soccer. Like I was just trying to like Mm -hmm. not be too friendly with you because we're on opposite teams. I don't know. Like something just fell off in that whole season with Danny. I I, like, I think it mirrored what like hope said that like a lot of things were, a lot of scenes were used, but like they did a lot of these random storylines, but like why? Like and that's like one of them. Like why did you do that? What was that for? Where did that end up? Why don't you use that time to maybe show Nate quitting <laughs> or like you know um, I, I don't know something with like Ted and Nate talking or something like that? It's just I felt like they were trying to be funny and fun, and then it ended up taking away from story. Unfortunately, in the process. I agree with that sadly. So, do you guys think that the series fulfilled the promises of the first season? Okay, so this is a complicated question because, like, I go back and forth on, like, how I feel about it. Personally, I feel like something is often missing, but, like, I guess, like, because Ted Lasso has created such good characters and they have, like, this feeling of, like, okay, we created people that, like, are trying to be better. Like, I have faith that they'll be better, but something just feels off. I don't know how to explain it. Like, and that, like we just described, I feel like we got, I wish we saw more this season. So maybe it's not the series finale's fault. I feel like it's the season threes. Like, I feel like season three was just lacking in general. Like, I wish there were more episodes. There was, like, just more blanks filled. And so I think I'm more frustrated with, like, the overall how we got here, not necessarily where we're at. I think that in a way it did because it stayed pretty heartwarming. It stayed pretty light. And it really did deliver the the idea of sometimes when you run away from your problems, you have to go home to face the problems in certain ways. Obviously the Michelle thing was not the case here, but I think season three was just so far off the mark that it feels, it feels like there were moments this season where I thought it felt like they were overdoing themselves. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the scene in the locker room where everyone was like deleting the pictures. And that was a bad episode of television. Like I, I think I gave that two star, two and a half stars or something where I was like, what were they doing? It felt so unnecessary, so out of place. And there's a, there's a, I hesitate to say this, but I really do feel like, they kind of forgot how men act sometimes. And there are really, really good men, not to get on my man-hating my, uh, ways, my my horse. Um, but that that's just, that was not necessary. It was not filled with any level of realism. And I, I just sat there thinking like, what are, what are we doing here with this episode, with this scene? It felt like a waste of my time. And when I said that I loved the show because it felt genuine, it felt like the opposite of that. It felt 
like they were just trying to push a PSA. And the PSA is right. Like they were absolutely right about what they were saying, but the delivery was just bad. That was the one issue that I think I really had with season three not delivering on season one and two's promise because they, they, they've attacked some really tough issues, but not the way that they typically do this with this season. I really agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that you you make a really great point. And it was a lot of, like you said, PSAs, right? And I think that they had good intentions, but the delivery was not there. I have a picture up on my wall over here. This is all a wall of photographs, like screen grabs from TV. And the one is when Ted is outside the one, the club, and he's just, he's having a panic oh, attack. Rebecca's right. trying to mm-hmm. it so real. I mean, if you've ever had a panic attack and someone has been near you, just having someone there to hold you feels so honest and so like they're they're, They care for you and they they don't know how to help you, but they're going to be there for you. And that's the best way to tackle it. In this case, a lot of the ways, a lot of the issues they tackled this season just, you know, it felt forced. Like, I'm, I'm glad they touched on. These things where sometimes women and men, their nudes, their things like that, their private photos get leaked. But why did we address it that way? It should have been the fact that, you know, like the Jack storyline would have been good enough. It didn't need to involve the players. And maybe they could have touched on it with the players and just been like, this hurts someone we really love. And we should think about this moving forward. Just sitting there and Mm -hmm. watching everyone delete it. Like Jack telling her, like, maybe you should feel a little ashamed and Keely being like, no, I don't. That was beautiful. That was moving. Mm -hmm. But then watching, oh gosh, I forgot what the captain's name is. Um, McAdoo? Yeah. Watching Mm -hmm. him go through everyone's phone. I was like, why? And then the whole thing with, with, um, with, oh my God, what is his name? I'm forgetting everyone's names, guys. I'm so sorry. Colin. Where he grabbed Colin's Mm -hmm. phone and looked, I was like, why? That's how he came out. I hated that that's how he came out. Like, that was his coming out to McAdoo. I'm like, of all ways, really? I felt like it was such a disservice to, like, Andy, it was just, like, his relationship with Trent, which, by the way, they, like, completely left that out. That was, like, one of my favorite things was Trent Krim and Colin's relationship. They completely sidelined that by the end of it. Yeah. I hated that he came out that way. Like, his friend going through his phone. We didn't even get to see... Colin come out to his teammates. We saw yeah. them shift away and then they come back and they're all like, we love you, dude. I wanted to see him have this real raw emotional moment because that actor, he's really good at what he was mm-hmm. doing throughout the entire season. I would have loved to see a scene like that. That was a two minutes worth putting in the show that I would have gladly watched an extra two minutes just to watch their Colin's, go Colin's coming out was the same thing Euphoria did, by the way, that just saying... What? So Ted Lasso pulled a euphoria in that moment. Collins mm-hmm. coming out was something that euphoria also did. So it's just like, that's why another reason why I didn't say well. I mean, like, it's supposed to be better than shows like euphoria, but you're doing the same thing that like these other shows have done. Like going through someone's phone is something that other shows do to expose people. So yeah, I don't know. And like Isaac McAdoo, like fighting the fan, right? I think that if he had walked in on Isaac kissing another dude and then the fan was making those comments and Isaac fought him and said oh well what if one of us not outing Colin right but like just kind of defending his teammate I think would have made more sense than the whole seeing the nudes on his phone yeah Mm -hmm. I agree like I I, yeah I and also there was a lot of really great 
kind of callbacks um, in the series finale yeah. to like some of the earlier and, episodes, yeah. mm-hmm. and I thought that was very sweet. But some of them did feel forced. Like I feel and like this they had a checklist. Doing that. Yeah, the season's been doing that all season, so I felt like they felt more pressure to do it a lot more in the series finale too. Yeah. I, I hesitate to say this. I was going to make a video about it, but I decided not to. But, like, I don't want to compare this to, like, How I Met Your Mother or Game of Thrones. But, like, there's just certain shows that have been out for, like, nine years. They have a big, like, there's a lot of pressure to deliver on a series finale in the final season. And I feel like Ted Lasso felt prey to that. I think that because, like, it, it came out during COVID. A lot of people didn't know about it. Then with the Emmy wins and then everyone binging it, I, like, the fan base is huge now for Ted Lasso. So I almost feel like they felt pressure to be something to the fans. And, like, they almost, I don't know, I, I they just felt like they were trying really hard to be what they were, essentially, to everyone. And I felt like they had a lot of pressure on themselves to do a lot and be a lot and force things and then try to be happy. And I could just see with the series finale, like they just tried to, it just, there's a lot of pressure and hype for the finale to end perfectly. Yeah. And they, I could feel it for them. I think comedies have a different standard for endings than dramas do because dramas, there's, there's a certain level of um, acceptance we as a viewer have to have in terms of feeling dissatisfied or feeling incomplete. Like, I, when I initially watched the succession finale, I was like, this is so stupid. We don't get to see if Kendall jumps in the Hudson. We don't know where all these people go after this. And then I watched it a second time and I was like, no, wait, this is perfect. Like you have to live in the discomfort of knowing that you have a, you have a general idea of where these characters go after this, but you don't know, like do Tom and Shiv end up in this completely you know, disgusting cycle of Shiv thinks she's puppeting Tom, but then Tom also like, there's a certain level of not knowing that we have to accept as drama viewers that as comedy viewers, we want everything to be wrapped up so perfectly. We want everyone to get their little happy ending. And Barry was, I won't even get into the Barry finale, but I will (laughs) say that I think like Maria said earlier, they bit off so much in this season and in the show that, they really, they realized in the last couple episodes, they're like, we have a lot to wrap up here. And it just, it didn't, it didn't end up working out. I think they tried to do too much in the end. And I'm really sad because I really was hoping, you know, I think if everyone else could have gotten the Ted finale minus Michelle, um, I would have been really happy, but unfortunately that just did not happen. All shows cannot be that one episode of Scrubs with the, you know, future thing. They can't all be that. I get it. I think that overall Ted Lasso has a lot to offer, Mm -hmm. even though it ended so weird. I am grateful for the show because like we talked about before, it's got so much joy and so much, you know, hope and, you know, and that like feeling of wanting to be a better person. And I think that the season finale was just there. Yeah, I think... If you can take, it is the the idea of if you can take one moment or one thing away, like, you know, even if you have a really bad day, but you have one thing that really made you laugh or made you smile. And for me, that moment in the series finale where he, the one guy on, in the airport is taking an ussy and he says, yeah. he says, wicked. And Ted responds, <laughs> thank you, Booth. Like I choked the, the theater kid in me just like yeah. the laugh I did was nasty. <laughs> it was guttural. It was so loud. And I'm trying to remember the series, the series finale in that way, because 
that, you know, there were so many moments that this show gave us like that, that I'm going to just remember it in a positive light. I'm going to forget all the bad things and just remember the good. <laughs> As Jamie stands, I'm, what I'm holding on to is Jamie visiting his dad at rehab and giving him the, um, it wasn't Pride and Prejudice, what was it? Like the book that Ted gave him. And you can see that he re- like read it so many times by that point. Um, so yeah, that's like what I'm holding on to. I'm like Jamie's story. So the finale had good moments for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Before we sign off, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Cause I know that we could talk about Ted Lasso for like another two hours, but like, is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I just want to agree with you, Hope, that you kept saying conspiracy, but like, I agree that there's probably going to be a spinoff or something. I don't know. Something just feels like this isn't really the end. So I'm expecting some sort of like Richmond based, like continuation happening at least one season like the spinoff thing i did see back on my conspiracy conspiratorial bullshit um did you guys see the one picture on twitter about may who she adjusts the picture at the end and it was the the one guy who he had like cowboy attire on um inside the bar no, did you see this? I did not see this. Okay. I did not dismiss so this If you one. watch through it one more time, in the very last shot we see of them in the bar with May, um, she adjusts a picture frame. It's the exact same picture that Sam adjusts at the end of Cheers, the, the very, very finale of Cheers. And, and people are oh. saying Cheers spawned one of the most successful spinoffs of all time, Frasier. Yeah. So, which was announced <laughs> after Cheers ended. But other than that, no, I was just, I was just going to say um, that I'm, I'm really glad Ted Lasso came into this world and brought so much joy in the time that it did. Um, I do, like I said, I really hope that there's still that spinoff, but if not, I'm just going to try and try and take away the good and I'll have to do a rewatch. I wonder if I'll be more critical or less critical on a rewatch of the third season because, you know, taking it one episode at a time, it was really, it was really something um, but I do, I think that they really nailed some episodes and then some episodes were just, yeah. So in the meantime, I'm going to watch shrinking and I'm going to fully dive in on that one. <laughs> I highly recommend Acapulco. If you need something on Apple TV, that's lighthearted and sweet. Um, it's based in the eighties in Mexico. It's as far as like being authentic to Mexican culture. It's amazing. Mm. And it's, you know, got a lot of funky clothes and like old eighties music and it's funny and lighthearted and I really enjoy it. So need something Ted Lasso ish. I will add one more quick thing that I think Ted Lasso really needs to get its flowers because in the case of Apple TV, I think they put that streaming service on the map um, yeah. There are so many yeah. incredible shows coming out of Apple TV mm-hmm. now that I don't know would have ever gotten the green light without a show like Ted Lasso oh. performing the way mm-hmm. it did. So thank you, Ted Lasso, for that, because some of my favorite shows already this year and in the past three years, Schmigadoon, Shrinking, um, After Party is coming out. The After Party is what I'm looking forward to with Apple TV. I love season one, so I'm excited about that. I think it's coming out in June, actually. So J- July. Oh, July. Okay. So they keep, they keep pushing it. So I'm excited about that. But Severance right. was so good. And like, oh I God, think Severance was like the best. 
<laughs> yeah, like Severus was like the best ep- like with came out last year, right? Yeah, it, came, yeah. it was like the best show I watched last year. So I'm like, that wouldn't have happened without Ted Lasso. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Loot um, with my oh, daughter. Oh, I need to watch that. That, that, that was so good. That one's fun. Oh, I need it to watch was that. a binge in like a day. It was yeah. fun. All right. Well, then I think that this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple Geek Podcast. I just want to thank you guys for being guests on the podcast today. Do you want to tell people where to find you on social media? Like I said earlier, my name is Mario Watches Everything. I'm mostly on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube, but it's not as much on TikTok. I do like deep dives into shows. Um, and yeah, I do have playlists for every show I watch. I'm keeping up and also a lot of fandom stuff. I'm getting back into Star Wars, so expect more Star Wars content in the next few months. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hope Sloop and on TikTok at Hope Sloop Entertainment. I will continue doing TV shows, but in the meantime, until July 21st, I am going to be focused on this film. Um, thank you, Greta Gerwig and Noam Baumbach. So if you guys like Barbie coverage, please tune in. I am doing as much coverage as I can. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully it's, this movie does not disappoint. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you to everybody who tuned in today, especially our guests for being with us today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook by using the handle Temple Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head on over to templeofgeek.com? There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.